Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, everybody. Happy hump day. Welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined for the first time by the Mirror's new political correspondent, Sophie Haskison. Good morning, Sophie. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Susie. All right. You're more than welcome. Be gentle with her, everybody. It is her first time. Now, this is the People's Paper Review. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Uh, those of you listening later on podcast, just going to have to make more effort to watch us live, aren't you? <laughs> So, uh, what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on the wonderful news that Anne Widdicombe has fixed the cost of living crisis for us. More on that later. But first, I want to take you to page eight, where Brexit's, Brexit's biggest, loudest and most obnoxious cheerleader for the past three decades uh, has, well, has he found a way to fix Brexit for us, Sophie? Can you take us through it? I assume that Nigel Farage, for it is he, um, is, has got some kind of amazing solution as to how it's all going to work brilliantly. Well, yeah, you would think, since he was the champion of Brexit, founded the Brexit party, was behind it the whole time. Um, but lots of people have raised different issues around Brexit, but people have almost been a bit scared to say about it, worried about being called a Ramona and stuff like this. But now the architect himself, Nigel Farage, has actually come out and said, Brexit's failed. The headline is not playing on anything. It's actually the words Brexit has failed. That sentence came out of Nigel Farage's mouth. Um, so in an interview in BBC Newsnight this week, he was basically claiming that the Tories have ruined, ruined this country by not doing Brexit properly. So still in his idea, Brexit could be done properly, but he's blaming the Tories for not doing it properly. Um, and he basically said that, you know, we're regulating even more than the EU was regulating. You know, we've, we've still got all these rules um, and it has failed. So he's not taking any kind of personal blame for the projects that he demanded for 30 years, which he provoked Tory divisions over, which he caused Tory um, defections over, which then in, in, in turn kind of caused David Cameron to have to call the referendum to deal with all these internal divisions, which Nigel Stokes so brilliantly, and those divisions which led in the end to, to re David Cameron resigning, Theresa May to trying to find a way through the impossible question of whether or not to how you could control the one border we're not legally allowed to control then that or she had a terrible deal I think I remember Nigel saying and so she had to resign and then Boris came in on the back of that because he was going to fix it all and then he's now got a terrible deal Nigel says mm. um, and 
it's all presumably, you know, this is as a result of the fact that Nigel then, in this story, he's telling us what exactly what sort of deal there should be. He's got some suggestions, has he, as, as to how he can make Brexit work and ease the cost of living crisis, all the rest of it. He knows how to do that, doesn't he? Yeah, you would really think that someone who complains about every possible option of Brexit would have a plan themselves. But no, this goes back to the 2016 referendum. It goes back to the campaign. It goes back to the genuine lies that were pushed out with £350 million on the NHS, things that were were never going to actually be achievable. And I think that was the thing. From from there, we didn't see a plan. We, We never got to hear exactly what Brexit might look like. But Nigel Farage, as Leila Moran, Lib Dem foreign affairs spokesperson calls him, he's, you know, he's Brexit's biggest cheerleader. And now he's the one who's claiming it's disastrous. And I, I just think, you know, he, he has this idea that he, he is the Brexit man. He found the Brexit party. He will be the person to fix it. You know, he has failed seven times to become an MP. And he even suggested in this interview when Victoria Derbyshire asked him, well, you know, would you, would you maybe consider running again? He said, I wouldn't rule it out. He wouldn't rule it out because somewhere deep down, he thinks, you know, this is Brexit. I am passionate about Brexit and I know exactly how Brexit should be carried out. How? We don't know. All, all we know is that he must be the leader. He must be the messiah of, of Brexit, um, which is, you know, the attention. what they might want of that, yeah. Get the attention, it seems to be. Now, what do you think, everybody? Do you think Brexit's failed? Do you agree with Nigel? Um, or are you anti-Nigel and you think Brexit's a brilliant idea? What a strange world we're living in now. Uh, Scotland for the Scottish says, Sophie, Brexit was a tax evaders or avoiders, dark Russian money necessity. This is why they cheated at the referendum and at the 2019 election to protect the most evil people in the capital letter world. Nigel Farage, the man who fell from the sky into the centre stage of UK politics when he staged a helicopter crash, was the documentaries on the National Front. OK, Scotland for the Scottish, we've gone, we've gone off on one there. Apparently now he staged, it was an aeroplane, not a helicopter, and <laughs> staged the fact that he dropped out of the sky. Um he has got a really bad back and that did genuinely happen because people did actually witness it. Uh, and I don't know if there's any sort of signs about cheating in the referendum, unless you want to start talking about uh, saying that, you know, the 350 million on the bus that Sophie referenced, the idea that we'd have less regulation when you leave a trade block, when actually that means you put up more trade barriers, therefore there had to be more paperwork. Um, that, whether, that, whether you call that cheating or not, I mean, some people just call it a flat line. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks. Thanks for your comments, Scotland. Possibly not your real name. Um, but Marco says Brexit never failed. It never got going. Oh, my God. It went on for ages, Marco. What do you mean it never got going? It went on and on and on and on and on. Mm, and it's still going on and on and on and on now. We have the whole stuff going through now. This uh, this big row over the retained EU law bill where Kemi Badenot said, OK, right, we're going to get rid of either, all the EU laws that we still retained after Brexit and they're going to automatically go at the end of the year. And then that's rolled back this year because obviously they can't just automatically get rid of workers' rights and different aspects of that. And then you've got the hardline Brexiteers coming up. And it's just never endless because there was never a plan before we left the EU and then it was suddenly like well we've left now how are we going to leave and as we've said before Nigel Farage (laughs) the person leading this didn't even have the answer so how was everyone else meant to now I ever say or tweet or write anything about how 
bad Brexit is. And I'm glad I'm glad that Nigel said the same thing that I said, I think, the day after the referendum, almost, mm. which is that this is going to be disastrous. Um, anytime someone's accused me of being Ramon, Ramona, anyone accused me of doing Brexit down or being unpatriotic, I'm just going to I'm just going to tweet a picture of that that story. Mm -hmm. Nigel <laughs> says it's a failure. Yeah, yeah, if the man himself said it. Is he Ramona? Who knows? Uh, maybe he will be now. But this is what politicians do, isn't it, really? I mean, what do you think, everybody? Are you surprised Nigel's changed his mind? Do you think it's all Brexit's fault? Do you think it's the Tories' fault? Do you think it's Nigel's fault for even trying to sell this unicorn in the first place? Mike says, this will be the story forever. No amount of damage to the country will be blamed by Brexiteers on Brexit itself. Always on the failure of implementation by the non-believers and the blob stopping him yeah this is what politicians politicians are supposed to do isn't it sophie they have they're supposed to have solutions you know not just words not just hot air instead we seem to have this bloviating windbag called nigel yeah. farage who likes being at the center of things and having the attention and saying everything's rotten but he's got mm -hmm. no actual solutions to it and no real means no levers of power to actually fix anything even if he knew how to and he, he doesn't know how to use those levers of power anyway i mean what's the difference when it comes down to it between him and the likes of piers morgan or donald trump i mean the only difference is they had power and mm -hmm. and wealth and Nigel is stuck on GB News with not enough viewers. And the mm -hmm. thing he told everyone for years is going to be marvellous. It's actually getting worse by the day. And he's mm -hmm. utterly unable to have any self-awareness to take any personal blame for it. I mean, you can bet your bottom dollar if there had been even one tiny ray of sunshine on these sunlit uplands of Brexit we're supposed to be on, he'd be taking the credit, wouldn't he? Yeah, it would be an absolute victory. I think that's the thing, why people are losing faith in politicians. When, whenever I go out on the road and I, you know, vox pop people in communities, everyone who's commenting today, I'm sure will think the same, that the, you see politicians in this sense of point scoring that, pe mm -hmm. that people try to do. And they just want to win something. It's a blame game, you know. If it's not Brexit, it's the pandemic. If it's not this, it's that. You know, it's the war in Ukraine. It's everything. The buck is always passed with government itself not taking any responsibility. You know, that's the nature of society and the world we live in. There are challenges and politicians should be reacting to the challenges and supporting us. You know, they shouldn't be just blaming those challenges for the reasons they can't find solutions. They're supposed to come up with the fix. That's why they get voted. I, mean, no, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years' time to find that Nigel Farage is calling for us to rejoin the EU so he can go back to being an MEP because that's the only time he ever got elected. Yeah, and, and, it, and it'll probably say, and, and let's we'll rejoin the EU because it's all the Tories' fault. And yeah. we'll do it again after, and I'll lead it, and I'll do it, and I'll do it my way. You know, we could go around in circles and circles, you see, with uh, Nigel Farage. It's a, yeah. yeah. One mm. day he'll die. That's, mm. that's all we can hope for. Sorry, Nigel, but that, you know, literally, that seems to be the only way we're going to get rid of you. Um, now, speaking of, uh, what do you think, everybody, before we move on to any other stories, have you got any issues with Brexit or with Nigel Farage? What do you think they should do? Do you think we should just shut up about this now? Everyone should shut up, including Nigel, and just get on with life. Or do you think there's still more work to be done on Brexit? Do you want a new government, if a new government comes in, to do something different, to, to renegotiate that deal? Because Keir Starmer says he's not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that's good news isn't it at least we haven't got a right um but we need to move on now to the main story of the day and another windbag that you probably thought we were shut off and that's the former tory home secretary Anne whittaker 
former star of Strictly and Celebrity Big Brother as well. Now that her career in reality TV has been somewhat exhausted, um, the woman who once insisted that female prisoners should be handcuffed during childbirth, I'm old enough to remember that story, Sophie, and being outraged by it, um, has blessed us with more of her opinions, this time about how to survive the cost of living crisis. So she was told on BBC Politics Live, I think, uh, that cheese has gone up 101% in some places. And she was asked what she would say to people who can no longer afford the basics. And Anne replied, and I quote, exactly, well then, you don't do the cheese sandwich. Now, Sophie, what would you say to someone who doesn't understand that the basics means the things you need to live on and that mm -hmm. as bread and butter have gone up too, there's, there's literally no sandwich left for a lot of people? Yeah, we're seeing this across the board. And I think it's just like the genuine failure to truly understand what people's day to day life looks like. You know, we see it with food poverty. We've seen it with fuel poverty. We've seen it more recently with studies on hygiene poverty and, you know, children getting tooth decay because their parents can't afford um, toothpaste and they're just having to wash their teeth with water or they're having to shower with washing up liquid. Um, you know, what, what are the substitutes I would ask Anne Widdicombe, you know, to those, you know, just don't have a cheese sandwich? Well, people aren't just having toothpaste. Um, I think the thing that we always have to think about is we are talking about some politicians, you know, at the very top sphere of society who, you know, never have been through these sort of difficult times and don't relate to anyone, don't have anyone in their life who really does too. You know, Lee Anderson, we can go to him as well. He said that people, similar comments about people can live on 30p a day. You know, the Tory deputy yeah. chairman. Yeah. The Tory deputy chairman, Lee a big fuss, didn't he, about one of his researchers and said, look, she's earning almost no money and yeah. uh, is living in London and she seems to be doing fine. And what turned out with that? Yeah, well, he... He is earning, can we also just remember, £84,000 as an MP. He made 200, he um, expensed £200,000 and he's got a new GB News show, which he's getting £100,000 for. You know, all of this stuff just goes to show that actually they don't have any idea what it means to live on this kind of money. And they can say, you know, back in my day, I, I, I lived in these times. No, we are not living in these times now. But the cost of living crisis has seen the cost of a cheese sandwich go up by 101%. You know, why should people have to give up things just because they can't afford it? Things out of their control have caused for things that they would always buy and always rely on to just be completely different price. You know, that's the difficult yeah. thing. Then people aren't moaning that you know they can't afford a Range Rover and isn't life yeah. awful. They're complaining that they can't afford the block of cheese. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't afford the loaf of bread, which has gone up. And Lee Anson, when he highlighted his research, I can't remember her name now. Uh, he got mm -hmm. a lot of abuse saying, "Well, why don't you pay her a bit more then, yeah. idiot?" Uh, and secondly, she it turned out she was um, the daughter of someone fairly well off and was obviously being funded a bit through um, some of what she was doing in London. When I started out on my first journalism job, I was on seven grand a year. Mm. Uh, but I was living at home with mum and dad and mum was charging me. I thought at the time it was absolutely disgusting. £120 a month. Mm -hmm. I was appalled. Um, <laughs> £120 a month for my bed and board, all right, which is obviously a ridiculously good price um that's because it's your mum and she's literally just charging you for the cost of the cheese right mm -hmm. so the idea that if you can just do without the cheese sandwich or you could do without the bread and butter is kind mm -hmm. of a bit bonkers um but mm -hmm. what do you think 
bodies. Have you had to do without cheese? Um, what have you been going without in the cost of living crisis? Get into the comments and let us know, or let Anne know uh, what mm. you think has to say is she right do people just need to just stop doing the things that are too expensive then move from your cheese and go to dairy lee or whatever which is a bit cheaper per per sandwich maybe but that's still gone up in price mm. you know uh, and let's be fair to Anne, and i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to be fair to Anne. she also said that people have got a little bit too used to low food prices which is true in the past few decades, which is probably true, and that it's unrealistic, which is also probably true, um, because food does prices do go up and down with wars, economic problems, climate events, things like that. Usually they go up and down gradually, though, as opposed to straight up mm. done now. Um, and uh, things like, you know, oh, I don't know, leaving um, a trading block, which we were part of, and which could otherwise pick up the slack when you are short of something and the price goes through the roof. But it must be said, Sophia, Anne was a, a really big fan of Brexit, wasn't she? Mm. And it's remarkable that the price of cheese hasn't gone up by 101% in the EU, where mm. uh, the food inflation, everywhere's got it, but theirs is so much lower than ours. France uh, is mm. 15%, Switzerland's 5%, Spain 12%, Italy 12% food inflation. Here it's going up 20% and more. Um, cheese, of course, is 101%. Mike says, I remember when Mog and his cohort told us Brexit would make food cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we were supposed to be getting it from. Uh, the other side of the world, they were just going to fly Australia, wasn't it? And we we're going to get cheap, genetically modified cows and beef was going to be much cheaper. Some of that stuff is just so it was, seemed mad at the time, but people were swallowing it, weren't they? Um, everywhere's got food inflation. It could be better. Then we've got it, though, couldn't it? And is is part of this Anne's support of Brexit? It's not just being out of touch because she's earning thousands of pounds of time to do stupid things on television. It's it's because she's just not able to say or see perhaps the, the causes of some of these things. Well, yeah, I think there's two there's two parts to this. The the, the Brexit aspects, whereas she's still hugely defensive of Brexit still, and she has the same sort of lines that Nigel Farage has. You know, they're they're both in the Reform UK party now, which is the new name for the Brexit party. And she, you know, earlier this year, a couple of months ago, um, announced that she was gonna, you know, actually fully join the party. Um, and, and, you know, she says the same lines. I was at the press conference there and she will defend Brexit through and through and say it's the Tories that have ruined this. And then you have this other side where, you know, she's she doesn't actually seem to to care or have sympathy for the difficulties that people are facing. So, so when she's talking about Brexit could be improving our country, she says, but who for? Who 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 is Brexit actually for? You know, we get this thing, I think uh, we've got this other part as well with this sense of luxury of well if you could, if you don't want cheese if you can't afford cheese sandwich don't have one where does is it, we have this danger of the line of luxury sort of changing you say okay to start with Range Rover is in the is in the mm. luxury zone going to a spa is in the luxury zone and then you put cheese in the luxury zone and, and then you put paste. yeah and then toothpaste and then shower gel and then you have so little things it's like well you can still live you're still surviving but what does that mean you know we we should be able to in, enjoy our lives you know well, are you though actually i mean roger says if energy prices were cheaper i could cope more with the food prices you're quite right mm -hmm. roger energy prices are coming down but they're not going back down to what they were and food prices wholesale have dropped but they have not come through at the till as the mirror was mm -hmm. reporting on monday yeah. and the fact is so that if if someone's not got toothpaste if someone's not eating cheese if someone's not eating properly then 
there's actually going to be a huge knock-on cost to that. Mm. They're not going to be surviving. They're going to be suffering more illness. They're going to be having tooth problems mm. and dental problems. They're going to have more costs to the state as a result. Mm. There's going to be more to the NHS. There's going to be uh, more long-term sick. There's going to be more disability. There's going to be more benefits. It all it all just actually becomes the kind of things that the Tories hate, you know, that the growing of the state to cater for all these problems because people don't survive it. And... Mm. There's a cost when you lose taxpayers. If you just want to consider us meat bags as tax generating units, then there's a cost to not having the right things in your life at the right times to make you healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's in the interest of capitalism to make the peasants well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about prevention, and we can see this across the board as well. We can see how, you know, poverty is such a key driver in crime and how much money um, the criminal justice system, like, costs to, to, to keep people inside. We, you can see that everywhere, you know, we, we've, got, we've got difficulties with children not being able to school because their parents can't afford to buy them uniforms. What does that mean when children don't have education? What path are we putting them on? You know, and it's a shame that we have to sometimes translate these into economic arguments when really people should just be thinking about, you know, the humanity and, and sympathy, the fact that we should want children to go to education. But, you know, we should also think, you know, they're on the way. We don't have any humanity, Sophie. So we're trying, we're trying to talk in their tongue. <laughs> speak their language. You know, mm-hmm. the yeah. peasants or mm-hmm. the revolt. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're mm-hmm. like, this has all been a big knock-on effect, you know. It's well and good that, you know, oil prices are going down and the energy prices are going down, but people have been using their savings over Christmas to, to have to pay for things, you know. This knock-on effect is is continuing on. March, you know, food inflation was at its highest at 10.1%, you know. That is going to be feeling the effects of that for a while to come. And, you know, there's we still get the lines of... Um, it was George Eustace who said about, well, you can buy, you know, cheaper brand foods and stuff. Well, there was a study in the mirror yesterday that was looking at the fact that, you know, many shops don't have own brand foods. You know, if you live close to one of the smaller stores like Tesco Express or something, they just don't supply them. You know, people don't always have these options in their communities. And they don't they don't sometimes they don't seem to realize that the value brands are the ones that have gone up by proportion more than other brands have. And Debbie says they live in their own bubble and they don't know what they're talking about. Now, we've already mentioned the Deputy Chairman Lee Anderson, known as 30p Lee, who famously said you can make a meal from scratch for 30p without working out perhaps how much buying the microwave costs or the wooden spoon or the saucepan for that matter. Mm-hmm. Or are we supposed to stir it with a stick, Lee? Do get in touch, let us know. Uh, Ian Duncan-Smith, who said he would happily live on £7.57 a day if he was on benefits, not mentioning how on earth he'd manage it if there were children for example, or if he wanted more than, you know, one sandwich, which is that would all it would get you. Uh, and then, of course, George Eustace, who, as you mentioned, when he was environment secretary, said the value brands could help you budget when, in fact, they've gone up by more. Now, um, someone who's calling himself kick as says on the cheese front, I used to buy the 400 grand block. Now it's the 250 grand block. Everything has doubled in price. We're getting screwed by all the major companies, including energy with the blessing of Tories. This is one of the things. OK, Buying the 250 gram block probably costs more per gram than the 400 gram block, right? Let's say 400 gram costs you five quid and the 250 gram costs you three quid. You're paying more per gram for your cheese, but that's because you haven't got the five quid 
to buy the cheap, buy the big lump of cheese. You've got to, because you're poorer, you have to buy the cheaper yeah. block, which is actually more expensive. So mm -hmm. being poor costs more money than mm -hmm. having some money. Yeah. Um, other people mm -hmm. who can afford the five quid maybe for the for the four hundred gram block of cheese buy that. They start slicing it very very thin, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's why mm. my cheese is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. My daughter has a cheese sandwich and I have a Dairy Lee because she mm. refuses Dairy Lee because she's a bag. Mm. Um, yeah, it's those long-term yeah. aspects, yeah. Like if you want to get, you know, you want to get a three-for-two offer, you know, you do have to then at least pay for two. And someone who can afford two of them is getting that long-term impact. So they've actually got three packs of pasta in their house. But actually someone else can only afford to buy the one in, to mm. start with. So they never get those kind of offers that we see elsewhere you know because a lot of shops have they're, they're founded on offers now you know your tesla yeah. club bars and your you've got to have the electric to actually cook it or the gas mm -hmm. you've got to do all this now they pay the energy bills and so on um but you know what do you think everybody are, are you having problems do you think anne's got a point and we've all been a bit spoilt and we need to be a bit more realistic um let us know is she perhaps you think sophie i mean she's done around the reality circuit and everything else do you think she's maybe just a bit bitter she didn't go in the house of lords i don't know it's a, it's a tricky one isn't it when we come to, to attention, like nigel and she hasn't had it has she well, yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a really difficult thing with Reform UK because they have this sense of like really feeling as though <laughs> they're going to get somewhere. You know, they didn't do very well in the local elections, you know, that then it isn't a big stage. And sometimes it feels like it might be because they're, they're shouting from the rooftops, but they're, they're shouting very controversial things that, that boil our blood a lot. But, but behind the scenes, whether they're actually, you know, making strides... I don't know, but perhaps there is just some some genuine anger, some some genuine, I guess, if I, if I can use uh, some people, yeah, I guess Leila Moran might use the word kind of disillusionment with what has gone on with Brexit, that they do fundamentally believe that Brexit could be good for this country. Mm. Um, you know, you start to believe the dream when you, you speak it so much. Um, but yeah, I think there's always an argument for certain politicians maybe wanting a bit of airtime. We've seen that with, you know, Nigel Farage, Lee Anderson, the likes who who have all got their TV shows now. You know. the, the phrase of the show, Sophie, they believe the dream um, and they've woken up from the dream and they still want it to be carrying on and they're insisting that, it, that there are still unicorns mm. um for which anyway and because you're our first guest our first time on the show you will get one of the news agenda mugs this isn't one of them because it's in the wash but it's something you get some love, <laughs> right know, um, now, <laughs> yes thank you very much everybody for that and thank you uh, sophie for so neatly encapsulating what's gone wrong with brexit and dan widdicombe they believe the dream uh, and everyone else has moved on. No one gives a toss about Brexit, which is why the latest poll, which Mike sent me earlier on, uh, says that in the red wall, Labour is bombed uh, for something like 40 something points, whereas uh, the Conservatives are down on 20. And Reform UK? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Anyway, we need to move on because there is some good news in the world. We found it for you. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, you know the story, story uh, a few a few weeks ago now about when the uh, Israeli woman Lucy D and her two daughters, who had moved from Britain to Israel, were shot dead in a terror attack uh, by Hamas. Now, her husband, who's a rabbi, uh, Leo, did an extraordinary thing. He decided to donate her organs to others and has been going around visiting the donors to publicise it. Now, Orthodox Jews often refuse to donate organs for religious reasons, and so the organ donation rate in Israel is really low. It's about 50% less than in other places, so it's really important work that he's doing here and something that's not entirely welcome I should think always in every part of Israel but on top of that he's just been to visit a Palestinian man uh, called Abu Radia who received his wife's kidney and the pair exchanged gifts Um, he gave him a blessing in both Arabic and Hebrew saying that to to save one's life it's as if you've saved the whole world it's a very famous quote I think it was no it's not John Donne but that's no man's an island but that's that kind of thing now both men have said that their faith doesn't matter when another human being needs help Abu uh, Radia is happy to have a Jewish kidney inside him and the Jewish widower is happy to help the Palestinian man Um, and it will be doing a huge amount to help reconciliation as well as raise organ donation levels uh, in Israel and Palestine which would be amazing so is this proof do you think that sometimes out of the very worst grief the best mm. things can be built well I think yeah totally you know earlier we said you know where is the humanity and this is just like an absolute example <laughs> of that <laughs> we've got it um and I mean we're also talking about you know a conflict with Israels and Palestinians that has been going on for you know hundreds of years you know and here we have, you know, Abdi when he says, and he says, you know, will it be wrong for me to have a Jewish organ inside of my body? And he gets the response, we are both human beings. And that is what humanity is, you know, caring for each other, rising above, you know, and we're, we're also talking in a, in a place where um, organ donations are low. You know, th- this isn't just a symbol of humanity. It's actually a really important symbol um, that many people can look upon and be inspired by and, you know, see what the difference is in, in saving a life and see that that can that can rise above um some of the doubts at times yeah and that there's obviously the peace process in israel and palestine is on its ass so anything like this that might actually be able to help uh, and push things through leo was told not to go and see this guy until the shooting had stopped but um he went no because you know obviously the shooting stops after you go and see them that's kind of the point uh so well done leo well done abu uh thank you sophie for leading us through all that thank you everyone for taking part uh if you want to come back again uh, at about noon on these channels the mirror will be broadcasting prime minister's questions where you can see keir starmer and rishi sunak go head to head about i don't know cost of living whether what Anne Whittacombe is supposed to be, Brexit, who knows? I doubt Keir Starmer is going to say the word Brexit ever again. But um, we might come up with something later on, might we? And next Monday, we'll be back here again for another edition of the News Agenda. So come back for that. Thank you, everybody. If you're listening on podcasts, please leave us reviews so other people can find us. But until next Monday, tatty bye. <laughs>